Welcome to the podcast where we combine Clifton strengths, God's word, and mindset coaching to discover how to use our talents for God's kingdom. Are you living in the virtue of your strengths? Learn how you can better name, claim, and tame your Clifton strengths so they can be aimed towards God's glory. Hey, folks, welcome back to the Living in the Virtues of Your Strengths podcast. My name is Matt Ingold. I'm a certified Catholic coach from Metanoia Catholic and also a certified Gallup Strengths Finder coach. Uh, and love bringing the two together. That is really what we're doing on this podcast. There's so many other uh, podcasts that cover strengths, what they are, the contributions that they make, but there's not a lot of those out there that are discussing how to live these out virtuously. And it's something I think that we can really do well here. It's not just me contributing, but everybody that's on the call with me is going to be contributing. You'll hear lots of voices as you're listening in in here today. But really, that's what we're seeking to do. How, answer the question, how do we live these strengths out in a way that is virtuous, in a way that is kingdom building, in a way that is sanctifying for us and for the people around us? Sounds pretty good. Okay. Uh, earlier episodes, we taught, we, uh, we ground ourselves in an understanding of John Paul II's personalism and also a discussion of a Catholic anthropology, really to kind of ground our, our conversation in uh, I'd say like a good moral touchstone, a good ethic, all right? Uh, but really, we're going to be falling back on the ethic of the Catholic Church, the moral teachings of the Catholic Church, when we're making those evaluations as to whether or not something is good, moral, uh, immoral, uh, vicious versus virtuous. Okay, today we're focused on connectedness. Really excited about this one. Uh, it's my number two, uh, but goodness gracious, I just pulled the audience before here. And I think like, there is a lot, the majority of people have this in their top 10. So lots of great contribution, making the connections around connectedness. We're going to figure out what drives connectedness, this signature theme. And then how does it show up virtuously or viciously? And then what are the mindsets behind it showing up virtuously or viciously? All right, jumping into this, we go right into the, uh, uh, the the piece that I got, just the flip chart that I received uh, for a high-level view of connectedness. So this is pulled directly from Gallup, word for word. Uh, I am being incredibly aware of the borderless and timeless human family. Interested. I will. How do they show up? What are they doing? I will integrate parts into holes. Holes, starting with a W there, right? I'll integrate parts into holes. I bring, so contributions, an appreciation for the mystery and wonder of life and all creation. It's pretty powerful. I need my requirements. And we say requirements, this is what I need to show up in my best for you get the most out of my strength of connectedness. To be part of something bigger than myself a family, a team, an organization, a global community, a cosmos. Here we might add a church, a body, right? From looking at it from that Catholic perspective. I love, what are those things that I value? Circles of life and threads of continuity. I hate those things. Again, revealing the value. I hate an us versus them mentality, all right? Us versus them it's dividing. It's div divisive. Metaphor common to this person as body, mind, and spirit. And so the barrier label, flaky, new ager, not in touch with reality. And even that new ager, right? It's even something we talk about in our Catholic Coaching Foundations course, uh, the dangers of kind of new age philosophy, right? Where that's a connectedness with nature, but nature is seen as something that is divine, right? And so throwing a little bit of that Catholic anthropology in there, uh, we are not created to be united with a natural creature. We're uh, ultimately, our ultimate ends is to be united with a divine being, right? To be united with God. That is our ultimate end here. Okay, so that's where, a little side note, that's where new age tends to miss the mark is we're no longer uniting with a divine, a truly divine being, or reuniting with a creature that we are making divine, right? But it really isn't. Okay. Here's my picture of all this. All right. So what drives the person? 
with connectedness. Let's explore this question. I'm going to open the lines of communication up. Uh, but if you're just listening, you're not seeing, I always got a picture, a word picture that I put on here. All right. So what do we got? We've got uh, kind of that networking symbol where it's almost like the internet sign, that little global signal where it just, there's just arrows pointing from person to person. Uh, I've got an image of a butterfly and a hurricane. Maybe you've heard this metaphor before. Butterfly flaps its wings um, in, in, uh, in Japan, causes a hurricane. Its ripple effect causes its hurricane uh, in the tropics, right? I've got an image of the Eucharist in a monstrance, right? The body of Christ. And over the top of that, I have kind of that networking signal that's there. So inside that circle, that central circle of that networking symbol, there's the Eucharist, the body of Christ, and then there's all these little branches that are coming forth and connecting this. It's kind of a common joke that we've uh, I've, I've said a couple of times. It's a really funny one, too. Um, in Catholic circles, the Eucharist is the greatest connector, the greatest networker, and it's amazing how you just run into these things, these different people uh, within the faith here, and there's just such, there's just instant connections. Maybe that's just my connectedness going off the rails, probably. I've got a puzzle, all the pieces fitting into the puzzle, all right? So connectedness, we'll see everybody has a place, and everybody's place is also essential, right? Uh, nobody's place is more important than anybody else's. And St. Paul talks about this as well. Uh, there are certain parts of the body that uh, we might tend to revere more than others, uh, but this isn't, this isn't really how it's supposed to be. Um, it's silly for the hand to say, I wish I was the eyes, vice versa, right? Every part, especially those parts that are least revered are, are imbued with incredible dignity, as St. Paul teaches. And then finally, I have this image and it's tough to see, but it's really a mosaic of the Blessed Mother. So you think of a mosaic as a art form, all of these little broken fragments of tile and glass that by themselves, they're just kind of up close. It's tough to see what the mosaic is revealing, but when you kind of pull back, you see all of those little pieces build one picture, right? And each one of those pieces brings a greater clarity to the image. All right. And this is where my connectedness is, is like, ah, man, like every, this is how connectedness sees the world like this naturally. And this is something that I learned being my number two connectedness is not everybody sees the world like this. And it baffles me because it's so, it's so natural for me to instantly see connect connections, instantly see how parts fit together and how each part is essential to the overall operation, how each person is a co-creator by God's grace, by God's invitation in the greatest story ever told. Uh, each person participates, and St. Paul talks about this. We fill up what is lacking in the suffering of Christ. Each person is invited to be a co-redeemer in some way, not that Christ needs us, but he invites us out of sheer love and grace uh, to participate in our own redemption. This is incredibly dignifying. This is amazing. But what is lacking from this image? Who else can add some more to this image? All right, let me see some hands from people that are in the group. All right, Tiffany, please jump in here. Number one connectedness, Tiffany. I always think of a bridge. A bridge. Yeah, bridges connect one thing to another. Got it. Got it. Oh, so, okay. So the bridge connecting one to the other. Mm -hmm. A woman of few words. Okay. But we got a bridge. Yeah, I'm not sure how to elaborate on it. I just like, yeah, the, the visual is the bridge and like little cottage, you're what you're you are one place but you can travel the bridge to go over and others can as well so it can be you yourself individually but it can also be connection between cities or you know a way to get from one place to another as well got it so it's something that personally you can kind of utilize this bridge to get from one place to the other one group of people to another but you can mm -hmm. also build these connections so that other people that perhaps don't have the ability to build these bridges or see these bridges can you can 
walk them from one side to the other through that connectedness strength. Yes. Beautiful. Awesome. Justin, number 14. You are the outlier in the group today, Justin. The redheaded stepchild, that's 14. Right. But that's that's how high we are on this podcast today with right. connectedness. <laughs> that's right. I used to have red hair. Um, <laughs> no, for one image I've always associated with this is a uh, spider web. Because um, there's the idea that spiders spin these webs and anytime such a, something touches or disrupts the web, the spider immediately knows. Um, and so people who have this high connectedness strength, there's an invisible web to every person that's around them. And they, if there's something disrupting this web, they just, they just know it. It's funny. I gave, uh, I gave the Clifton strength test to my, uh, my son over the weekend and he came up with connectedness at number two. And I explained, oh, have you ever walked into a, and, you know, and kind of explaining to it. So when you walk into a room and you see a couple people sitting around and you look at one, you look at the other, and you immediately know there's something wrong between the two of them. Nobody said a word, nobody did anything. And you just know. And he's like, well, yeah, doesn't everyone do that? I'm like, no. And he's like, really? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, it, it's that it is the, your spidey sense in a sense um and to riff off of what tiffany was saying i think you know depending on your other strengths the connectedness can be that can be that source of being a bridge builder too if you see it lacking it can empower you know another strength that's out there maybe influencing or something along those lines so yeah i definitely see that as well and I can see even like through the lens of like relationship thinking where immediate, especially Justin, I know you're high in empathy as well. And so uh, I could say that like uh, as somebody that's like number 31 empathy, I don't necessarily gravitate towards the disconnection in the room that's there. It's not as habitual for me to be able to, to go there. Uh, but I can like, but I can say, look at a, a system, right? And I can instantly see all of the lever points of manipulation in that system where it's like, okay, if I, if I invest in this part of the system over here, it's going to have this impact, this effect over here. So this is me leading in with my strategic thinking up front, which I know you're high strategic. Are you, do you lead strategic thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you, pro I, I imagine you can see this as well too. Like you walk into like a, a, uh, a, a kind of a system, even, even today we had a, a, a meeting for Metanoia Catholic where we were looking at 2023 and the system that we wanted to create with different partner organizations and where each person on the team uh, what their metric is in that system that they're going to be responsible for and which one like all of those things, it's just something that instantly kind of pops off the page for me. And that's where my connectedness shows up in kind of a systems thinking environment here. Sky, I see your hands up as well. How's it show up for you? And what would you add to this? So uh, where you have like the Eucharist kind of sort of centralized here, um, I would place the Holy Family. And mm. it was so interesting because I was like, oh, picture. Yeah. And then. Um, I, I actually got an image of the Garden of Eden. So I think that's where there's no disruption, right? There's no disconnection in the Garden of Eden prior mm. to the original sin. And then, and then it flipped instantly to the manger, probably because of Christmas, right? And the trough is sort of the wood on the cross and Christ and Mary being the new Eve, you know, so it's all connected. And so, <laughs> um, I was looking at your butterfly and your, the, I didn't think about the hurricane, but the butterfly effect. I remember even thinking, I'm like, that's a thing, right? Like people believe that, like, this is true. Like, how can we prove it? Cause I am a firm believer in the butterfly effect. Um, yeah. And then I've always said of the Eucharist um, that when we receive, we're all related to each other in a way that goes even deeper than a blood relative. Mm. And if we were all to, to 
receive it. Can you imagine if every human person received the Eucharist, the, the connectedness that that would bring about and what it already does bring about in those who receive, and then we go out to the world, you know? And so then other people get connected to Christ through us. So, yeah. I'm curious, Sky, when you say that, can you imagine if every single person received, you know, in the state of grace, the Holy Eucharist and how, how connected we would become in that shared unifying act? How does it feel? Like describe kind of your in, interior experience of just that thought. Um, it's a feeling of like, um, Hope is the first word to describe the feeling, but it's um, like the the best hope you could you could think. It's a overwhelming hope, but mm. overwhelming a positive, right? Um, can you imagine that? That would just I don't really have words to describe the euphoria that we would experience. And, and like, honestly, like it's, it's kind of exactly what you just said in some ways is what I was going for. Like, here you are, Sky, your number one connectedness. And it's just like, that would be so amazing. I can't even put it into words how amazing it would be. <laughs> right. I just, all I know is just, I just want to be there. That's where I ultimately would just love to be. I would be at home if I was there. And so that was interesting. Like the thought was one act unifying the entire world together. Uh, mm -hmm. The fulfillment of John 17. Uh, I came that they may be one. Wow. Amazing. Leslie, I see your hand up here as well. Number one connectedness, another goodness gracious. Yeah, I see it really big in my life. Um, just to comment on a couple of the pictures there. So the Eucharist, the minute I saw that was the center, that was perfect spot on um because it translates a little bit of what um she just mentioned but the holy family translate into the holy trinity where the father the son and the holy spirit are so that family is interconnected in such a mystical mysterious way um i see that very much in connectedness um with the butterfly i've i've heard that analogy you know that before and i think of prayers often and how our prayers go beyond. Um, if I pray now for somebody, it could affect somebody all the way in China. And there's that idea, but then there's the idea of the souls and purgatory and that connectedness that we have, for, especially for those that cannot pray for us yet in that level. And um, then we have, you know, the saints that are praying for us. So there's just this, I don't even know how to explain it, but this um, clear substance that just kind of entwines us all i i don't know mystical smoke um i loved um justin's spider web i think that is so you know i think about when the spider catches something in the web and it can feel it with its senses and it's all connected and there's that aspect there's the bridges oh totally relate to the bridges and connecting trying to connect things that are not your, your, you constantly um, comment about um, looking at differences, but for complementarity. And that's where I see bridges, bridges bringing in complementarity so that mm. we stop judging other people and we stop, um, which I do a lot, personalizing things, but understanding it's just their differences. And then how do I make that bridge? Um, recently charisms have been huge and kind of in the same way as um sky had said i just think god can you imagine if everybody truly acted in their charism we would be like those apostles when they kind of got for lack of words zapped in that moment you know with mary mm -hmm. in the upper room and then they just go out and do what they're supposed to do or we're got it i just all of that is connected and then the last part I'll mention is I love the puzzles. Um, I use that analogy all the time. You've got to put your puzzle piece in. And if you don't, then those around you can't complete their puzzles, you know, so there's that. And I do a lot with personalities. I'm very big about personalities. And so I love the different colors because I'm with you. I don't think um, I've never felt one personality was greater than the other. Um, we are all intertwined together. 
And, and Leslie, originally when I built this, the first graphic that I pulled in there, it was all, it was all, it was just a, a plain white puzzle. All the pieces were oh. white. And I was like, ah, no, this is, this is like, mm. nah, this is not at all how it works. Like just the complementarity of the diversity. Here we are with like the d- diversity initiatives that we're seeing in the workplace. Uh, there's something that is, I, I'd say, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine on this. There's something that I think we can look at it, even, even though that could be something where it's like, okay, all right, there's, there, there's, it's missing the mark, but there's something that's also very beautiful with it as well, because it recognizes that uh, we don't all want to be similar. Uh, there's merit, there is contribution, there is something to gain from bringing in these diverse perspectives. Uh, everybody has a puzzle piece. Everybody has a contribution to make, right? And coming to really dial in and get what that is. That That's really even where in the Metanoia Catholic Academy in 2023, that's where our focus is. We see mindset work. The mindset work is really like finding all of the mindset interior obstacles that are getting in the way mm-hmm. of you living in your puzzle piece. Uh, but then also the vocations work, the discovery work there to really identify what is my puzzle piece? What is on it? Like, what is my swim lane? And so the combination of both the mindset and the vocational understanding is like, where do I fit? How do I choose to create space for that in my life so that I can live in that zone of grace? And I can just live in the satisfaction of being the part of the body of Christ that I was created to be. Jane, I see your hand up in here as well. Good morning. Um, I This is so awesome that you just said that because what I was going to comment about was um, before I had taken my strengths and my spiritual gifts, charism, inventory assessment, I just naturally connected with people. And I just always kind of attributed that I was a people person. And because of my dad uh, being in the military. I mean, I can talk to anybody and have some sort of connection like, oh, you lived in such and such a place. Oh yeah, so did I, or whatever. Um, But woo is number four. Uh, And so, and then connectedness is number 10. And I see connectedness as my bow in my top 10. And um, exhortation is one of my spiritual gifts. And so, how it served us like this past year I was with a group and there was just some stuff we all went through and we were suffering and we were all in a chat and I was able to see the connectedness and I was able to after prayer time it would just be so often that I would just text everybody and and give them an exhortation and um and then as time went by I text less and one of the girls who I kind of consider my spiritual mother she texted me privately and was like, I really miss your morning texts. And it was just such an affirming um, moment. And then when I, after I took these assessments to get to know myself, I'm like, Lord, this is how you're using me to build the kingdom. Like you gave me these gifts that I didn't even know had words. That's what's so beautiful about this, I think Mm. is, um, is that now, uh, you know, you, Metanoia Catholic has given us these words and these, like you said, the unique sancti- uh, uh, called the sanctity. That's just such a beautiful workshop in that each of us has connectedness high here, but how it is with the other strengths, like Justin was talking about the Spidey. It's like, oh yeah, that's so awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, it's, I just yeah, I, it's it's I amazing. It. No, I hear it, Jane. Yeah, I love it. And, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to the to the next thing here. I, I see there's still some other hands raised. I'm gonna move on, but um, but yeah, it's 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 fine in that place here, folks. Fine in that place in the body of Christ. We've been kind of dancing around uh, around this, and so this is kind of my stab on on where connectedness desires to rest. What is the motivation for it? And so what I have here is sincere unity, sincere unity. And I think that sincere is an important qualifier um, because it's, if it's just kind of like a fake shallow, 
you be you, me be me kind of then that just doesn't go very deep. I think we're, we're nah, that, that, that actually yields disconnection. So sincere unity as the motivation for connectedness. Um, and it's a relationship strength here as well. So I remember when you went back to our, our domains podcast, where does that relationship domain seek to end, seek to rest? We said, I think it was sincere communion was even what we, what we had here. All right. What are some thoughts, some thoughts on this? Are we on? Do we need to add something else to this motivation of connectedness to reside in sincere unity? Um, Matt, I was thinking when I saw sincere, I was like, yes, but authenticity is what um, speaks deeper to me than sincere. Authenticity. Authentic. Yeah, just true. Authentic. Okay. Are, Are you high belief also, Leslie? Um, it's in my top 10. Okay. So I'm hearing that authentic, that belief language that's that uh, uh, maybe jumping in here is what that desire to live in integrity in accordance mm-hmm. with, with set values Correct. could be a nuance of your connectedness. What else? Marty, I'm surprised we have not heard from you. <laughs> this is oh, unlike thanks, you. Are you sick? Thoughts. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm I'm practicing the the, the virtue of listening and learning and uh, boy, lots space. of thoughts. Practicing connectedness with this beautiful community. You know, a thought that came to mind is uh, expressing my connectedness. Right, it's number three. It's no coincidence that many of us coaches have you you know uh, connectedness in, in our top ten or top five, right? Because not only do we <clears throat> practice and learn and teach people how to see the the connectedness in our thinking, our feelings, and our actions, right? We we help others to learn and practice, you know, how God created us to be connected to our thoughts, to our feelings, and to our actions, and how he is connected to us. And and so I, I just I just love this idea of uh, you know, that, that there are many of us coaches, that it's no coincidence that many of us co- coaches have that, that strength and ability to help other people to see that in such a powerful way and just how we were created, our human anthropology, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, from mm-hmm. a Catholic perspective. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the effects of living in that, just kind of the, 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 the rest and the peace that comes in the tranquility of order, Right of just resting on where you're meant to be. Yeah, the reason cycle that we teach at Metanoia, that's our coaching process, really is a, a system, right? And that's kind of the way I look at it. It's like, and there's inputs and there's different lever points within that system. We recognize that our will and what we think is the greatest lever point. What we're willing to think is the greatest lever point and over, over all that emotional and the actions and and then bringing God's truth. That's kind of a, another piece, an essential element. God's grace is a massive element to that lever point. Uh, beyond that, we would never really be able to have a true metanoia where we can start thinking thoughts that are above our human thinking. Uh, we need grace to be able to you know, ponder divine things, and that's what we're called to be. Uh, Suzanne Chansky. Can't hear you yet, Suzanne. I don't know if you're muted still. Okay, thanks. I said, I hope I don't take this in the wrong direction, but that word sincerity or authenticity is absolutely vital because mobs can unify. A motivation for connectedness can be very negative or mildly negative, like in a family where where a secret has to stay undiscussed so you can have civil holidays and things like that. So mm. sincerity, authenticity, absolutely has to come before the word unity. Okay. Otherwise, what? Otherwise, what? Otherwise, it's going to go to the dark side. 
going to go to the dark side. Yeah, there can be a unity that isn't healthy. Yeah, and like an unhealthy unity is also called disunity. It's called disconnecting, right? And this it harkens back to our, our MCA workshop that we had, I think we did it last December, was how to connect. And we talked about just the thoughts, feeling, and actions before the fall, right? And how those all were aligned and led to this connection between God and man and man and woman and man and nature and man even in integrity connected with his own interior life. And how post-fall, we have this fragmentation, the four divorces, the disconnections between man and God, man and woman, man and himself, and man in nature that's there. Sean, you want to jump in here? Hi. Yes. Um, connectedness is my number one. And, um, and then the next is ideation, arranger, individualization, and strategic. So... What I've learned with this, because I've done some of the coaching with it, which is just remarkable. Thank you so much, Matt, and uh, uh, for what you're offering this and uh, Michelle Dunn's work. Um, that one of the th responses I'm going to have to when sincere unity is that when we are, like in my mind, I think somebody said earlier, bridge, and um, um, it's like, so quick it's almost like a pinball machine sometimes i'll go book i read person i met movie i saw if, if anybody says anything not anything but you know what i mean um a line from a movie it's just like and mm -hmm. the sincerity part comes in because just because we have a thought doesn't mean everybody wants to hear it and so it that sincerity that compassion that um, the nuance of how we do our connectedness is one of the things that I'm learning in this, um, uh, because kind of relating to what Suzanne just said, if we come in, like I've been learning in this, that if we come in real strong and hot with all these ideas, um, it can be a nuisance to people and it can mm. be offensive or could be off-putting or, or whatever. So in this process um, that you're teaching us, Matt, or you know, offering that for us to, to practice and learn, um, we can refine it. And one of the things I wanna say earlier that somebody mentioned about the Eucharist, and I know for me, every once in a while, I'm feeling uh, that lack of connectedness. I don't feel like I belong anywhere. I feel like I'm, you know, flailing in the wind on my own I look at the clock and I'll see and if it's top of the hour or half past I know there's a mass going on in the world somewhere and in that moment I just go to mass with them I just show up in my mind and heart in the and I and it's just like I'm there and I'm, that's one of the things that we're very fortunate with in our faith is that somewhere in the world, mass is being offered. So that is, and I wouldn't have been brave enough to say that because it would have sounded like crazy town, you know, but in this community that you've created, Matt and Aaron in Metanoia Catholic, um, connectedness is, is an okay thing. So Anyway, um, it's interesting. You. Yeah, uh, you bet, Sean. It's interesting to see, like, for the ca for that cameras that are on as you're talking, all of the yeah. head nodding. Oh, it's just like you are amongst connectedness friends right now. Thank very, you. Very much so. Yeah, one of the one of my connectedness goes to as I was listening to Sean, M Night Shyamalan, and his movies. Mm -hmm. And how you watch his movies and there's always a, a, this culminating point at the end where it's just like all of these disparate things, this ideation kind of wraps things up. All of a sudden, it's just all connected at the end. And it's just such a powerful moment of just, you know, stuff locking together. If you're looking for a movie that is a great movie for reflecting on discovering personal vocation, Lady in the Water, M. Night Shyamalan's Lady in the Water was one of his obscure ones that didn't really get a whole lot of attention, 
because everybody's looking for more of a horror movie film after after release signs which is another great movie but lady in the water is a great one for uh personal vocation and seeing yourself playing out uh, as a as an important part in the story right there where you are wherever you are even if it's in some remote hotel uh like all these other people are or uh, apartment complex okay Moving on, let's jump into our scripture reference. So I have here Romans 8.28. We'll do a little bit of a Lexio style here, but I'd love to see, because we look to scripture, and this is pulled directly out of the book, uh, Living in the Virtues of Your Strengths, or excuse me, Living Your Strengths, Catholic edition, all right? Uh, we have Romans 8.28 uh, as really a touchstone of how we might live our connectedness virtuously. It says this, we know that all things work for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. How is this landing on you folks? I, I, I think oftentimes, I know we got a number of coaches on the call, a lot of mindset coaches. And so we're helping people to choose new perspectives a lot of the time, right? And oftentimes people are dealing with things that are bad evils there's a disease there's an infidelity there is a loss of a job there is a broken relationship uh there's confusion there's pain there's disease and then how do we invite them to take on that eternal perspective i look at this and i say okay for those who love god is the piece that stands out to me first so there's a bit of a touchstone there we know that all things work for good for those who love god and so the our love of god first is not only going to help us to see the connections but to reveal those connections in a very loving way sean you mentioned earlier that Sometimes people don't want to hear our connectedness. They don't want to hear the silver lining, the other perspectives that are offered. This is something where we have to always be attentive to our audience because there's a gift with connectedness to see the world uh, in the truth of its unity, in the truth of its unity in the body of Christ. Now, some people may not, be ready to see that. There may be a lot of pain. There perhaps is healing that's needed before they can move forward with that. So there's always an attentiveness to the receptivity of the other for their gift. Uh, Marty, I see your hand up. Is this something you, you want to jump in? I see a couple of hands, please. Oh, oh yeah. This is, I mean, this is, you know, big for me. All things work for good. All things, including suffering, including, you know, the bad things, right? Where we we scratch our head and go, why God? And and also the, the fact that we live in a world that's been duped into believing, believing that there's no meaning and purpose in life, right? So therefore nothing's connected, right? It's just random, um, you, you know, acts, you, you know, of coincidences. And those of us who understand have that strength of connectedness and I have been so blessed to experience it in such a powerful way a handful of times. And then my own testimony of sharing how I have suffered and that's led to my own uh, growth and strength and has inspired other people who have struggled that we can be that light, that hope, that voice that no, everything happens for a reason. And uh, you, you know, what comes to mind is C.S. Lewis, his book, The Problem uh, with Pain, The Problem of Pain. Wow, what a great read and way to understand, you know, the things that we call bad, the things that we call ugly, suffering, pain, actually it all works out in the end because we know that all things work for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Amen. Mm. Marty, I, I mean, I think of your story and you've shared it openly just with your own recoveries from addiction and now how you're able to help men and women uh, that are moving on to that next chapter of their life beyond the addiction, right? How do I continue my growth beyond the addiction? Uh, and you brought this up last week at our name claim tame aim call that we had. And just there, of course, of course, of course, God allowed this to happen to Marty. Look at the good that's coming forth from it now. Beautiful. Jane. 
Mama Did you call Jane. me? Oh, Mama Jane. Hey. Okay. Um, I think I put my hand, I think I left my hand up from before, but anyway. Okay. Um, one of the things that um, the pushback came back from the thought was, so only the good comes for those who love God. Um, and, but then the next thought came was your podcast I was listening to and you made a quote and I, I wrote it down and I meditated on it for so long of, of the temporal evil. And I don't, I'm going to misquote it. The temporal evil is always for our good. What did you say? You said something like that. And it really made me meditate of all the things that I perceive to be evil in my life. Yeah, and God only allows an evil to happen knowing a greater good can come from it. That's Aquinas. That's that's what, oh, you said it. And it's like, oh, it's so good. And, and it gives you that, it gives you hope in the fact that when you stop, especially towards the end of the year where we are, you can look back and maybe bad things did happen to you this, this year. Maybe people hurt you, um, you know, medical, whatever the bad thing was, right? But then mm -hmm. you can see where the glory is. And, and so one of my personal um, little jokes with the Lord is um, I have a number of older children who have left the faith. And I just keep, I keep praying to St. Ambrose, like, come on, Ambrose, bring somebody because I can't talk to them. But I'm like, it is going to be so sweet to listen to their story. And Marty's story gives me hope. Marty's story mm. gives me confidence. Like, oh man, I can't wait to hear this story. It's going to be so good. And so, yeah, that's, that's all I have to say. Beautiful. Thanks, Mama Jane. Sky. Okay. So when I see, I love this scripture. And when I, two things pop out at me. One is the word all, all things. and then. The other phrase is for those who love God. And it occurs to me, I'm like, but also those who don't love God. Um, but then I was thinking, well, okay, how would that work? And then I'm, I'm realizing like every person, every human person in their deepest part of their soul does love God, but do they know it? You know, so they desire God, they yes. desire God, right? Right. And so right. love is something that the, the peace with love, just to make it the distinction here, there is a desire, but love is always an act of the will. It's so oh, that's a interesting. Choice. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then the desire, so it's a desire in the deepest right. part of and our G.K. Chesterton, okay. every man knocking on the door of a brothel is looking for God. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we can that see that there's always that primordial desire that has been uh, wounded by sin, right? Disoriented mm -hmm. by sin. So it's no longer oriented towards what will truly satisfy God, right? And this is where we miss the mark and we end up in addiction or false idols. But yes, there is that. It's not the, the, the answer is not to get rid of desire. The answer is to repent and offer our desires to Jesus, who has the power to redeem them and reorient them. We cannot reorient them ourselves. Like we can reorient them in kind of like a natural acquired virtue sort of way, but never towards our ultimate end of desiring it for God's glory alone. That can only happen through an infusion of grace uh, for that. Okay, that that's actually, that's very powerful because then, uh, it sort of calls, I don't have to do all the work. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, How's that's that great. Feel? Thank you for that. <laughs> it's a relief, actually. A relief. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thanks, guy. Uh, Suzanne. Yeah, thank you. This scripture is very mysterious. And it's the, the whole book of Romans is absolutely essential for every Christian to absorb. But here, this scripture, it is so mysterious. And I have been aware of it for decades. And as I reflect on the evil that's happened to me in my own life, or even evil I've 
participated in, um, those things, they weren't working for good until the time that I truly assented with my will and began to love God and entered into the, the calling. So I can, I can see evil in our world as not working together for good because people aren't seeking God. But then I can, I can accept that it's a mystery. And of course, God knows when, how it's all going to turn out. And I think of St. Stephen, the martyr whose feast day was yesterday how he was able to fully accept what was happening to him in the moment and trust God. And he had no idea how that was going to minister to thousands and thousands and generations of people. So this, this is a great mystery to me that I accept on faith. I <laughs> love that great mystery accepted on faith. Uh, we're going to move on here and uh, just kind of push forward here. I see there's some other hands raised. We're going to jump into our conversation now on the virtuous side and the vicious side. Uh, and again, Suzanne, you brought that up about, uh, about um, St. Stephen and perhaps uh, like we had a great priest that did an awesome homily that connected the parallels between Stephen's passion and Christ's passion. Even the words, the language uh, is just word for word. Uh, uh, what was happening there, which is certainly, uh, I, I can't recall who the gospel writer was that, that captured that, or that, or that was, that was actually the apostles. Uh, so St. Luke, right? Okay. The virtuous side of things, and this kind of builds on what you just said, Suzanne, uh, recognizes that each person has an essential place in God's plan. Even if that's still a mystery, even if we can't see it, it doesn't change the reality that they have an essential part in God's plan. And because of that, with that belief, there's a certain reverence, I think, that comes forth um, from connectedness, a reverence for other people. And I say this a lot, John Paul II, most seen person in the world, will look out over the seas of millions of people. And I recall somebody sharing that he would look up all of these people, right? And he wouldn't see one body of people. He would see, he would wonder uh, and marvel over the mysterious grace, ways that God's grace is moving through each individual in the crowd. I mean, what a, what a reverence, what connectedness there. So that interdependence, uh, which is what we're seeking, how do we live connectedness interdependently? It comes with recognizing each person has, including ourselves, has an essential place in God's plan. And those are complementary places. They're not competition places. And I was listening recently to uh, uh, Rick Newton's Newton Compass. It's an organizational leadership uh, philosophy that's out there. We're going to be going through it at Metanoia Catholic. Uh, but he says, when you start to really understand who you are, your unique place, you stop competing as an organization. You no longer pay attention to the competition because who cares? They're not going to be in your swim lane. You get dialed in on your swim lane and God will give you the grace to operate excellently in that swim lane. You don't have to worry about what everybody else is doing. All right, looking over here uh, on the vicious side of things. How might our connectedness kind of go vicious and go independent? Uh, well, I see here, I disconnect from those who don't see my vision. All right. So it's kind of like an, a little bit more of an isolation, isolationalist approach where we can see this connectedness. Like Justin said, we, we, we see the world as a web, but when other people don't see it, we just kind of retreat away and we go amongst those small groups, those special interest groups that share our vision, our outlook on life. We build an arc and we just kind of close ourselves inside that arc. We build walls, we cloister ourselves, and that's kind of where it can go a little bit on the independent side, right? 
No, no connection. There's disconnecting happening there. Leading to dependence. Oftentimes we see dependence. It's like, I need somebody else to do something so I can feel or I can believe something else here. I need other people to see my outlook on life to acknowledge my own, my own outlook is good. Okay. So I may have my outlook on life on how, uh, like this grand picture in my head, but until other people can acknowledge it and affirm it, I'm not able to, to see it. So I'm constantly looking for other people to affirm my outlook in order to see it myself. Okay. So a little bit of dependence there, uh, and leading to codependence. Uh, we make space for one another's outlook, but never discuss where they contradict. And this is really the world that we live in right now, this shallow connectedness, where you have a lot of ide ideolo ideologies that are um, making space, quote, for one another, but really it's, it's leading to isolationism. Uh, it's not leading to unity at this point. It's more like you be you, me be me. And uh, we have just people that are starting to grow into these different pockets. And it looks like we're being kind, but really we're doing the opposite of what the person desires, which is to experience the body of Christ. And so we're like, we're not really even seeing the other person. We're not, we're not pursuing unity through truth, connectedness through truth at this point. It's a very shallow kind of don't, ro don't rock the boat. Don't. You know, there's there's no conflict or anything. I can tell you this: organizations that operate like this die. They die. Um, they don't move forward because they never make decisions. Um, all right, open the floor up to uh, to input here, Marty. I still see your hand raised. Are, are is that you good? Oh yeah. So 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 many good thoughts. Please correct me if I, I'm I'm wrong. I think here's a powerful thought. What a beautiful, powerful but sometimes painful paradox. We are more connected than any other creature in the world in that we are created in God's image, likeness and image, right? The angels can't say that and the animals can't say that. We are connected in a way that no other creature is. Yet, here's the paradox. We have free will. We have freedom to choose, right? That's where the vicious side comes in. We can choose to isolate. We can choose to think thoughts that are lies, that are selfish. Right. And so there's the beautiful paradox, right, that God gives us and no other creature. And I think of two movies that come to mind, uh, I, Robot with Will Smith and the Avengers, the Age of Ultron. Look how connected those robots were, but they didn't have freedom. So they lost. Look at the Avengers and how connected they were, but they had the freedom to choose to use their strengths and their talents to overcome the enemy. That's us, man. We're so connected in such a powerful way, but we get to choose. We have free will. We have strengths and gifts that are unique. What a powerful, beautiful, and sometimes painful paradox. That's cool. Love that image, Marty. Terminator, Rise of the Machines. Uh, Justin and Jen. Okay. Um, I can talk on the vicious side, I guess, uh, Justin and I had this discussion a couple of days ago, um, especially leading to the independence part. I think when we don't take the time or, or just don't have the time for whatever the circumstances are to really talk and connect and be on the same page, um, I lean into extreme independence and fine, I don't need that, need him, which I really do, but I'm just going to go and do it on my own in my own way. So I really, um, that disconnect from those who don't see my vision isn't necessarily that he doesn't see it or doesn't agree with it, but we just, for whatever reason, don't have the time or haven't taken the time to really get on mm. the same page that I just kind of steamroll through <laughs> whatever it is that I see that needs to get done or have decided that this is just what we need to do right now. Um, and I think too, like even the codependence, that part that says never discuss where they contradict, I avoid conflict <laughs> for better or worse. But also at the same time, I recognize when there's a, a disconnect or like the spidey senses going off, like I, I will harass them. Like, are you okay? 
what's going on. Um, anything you want to talk about? Those kind of things. Like I, I do feel that sense, but there's, um, what was I just saying? On the negative side, like I almost try to make a connection when there's not really a connection to be made or or almost what did I say um over spiritualizing things like I, I don't know how to uh, I don't have a great example to give right now but like well, yeah just I mean it's something like that what, like what I'm hearing really Jen not is like that much of a moral dilemma <laughs> he has to ground me sometimes it's not that much of a moral dilemma both things are good and um but I go into that almost overconnecting, I guess. Is it is it like a justification that's going on where it's just like, okay, I don't want to sit in this potential disconnect here. And so I'm going to like really hyper focus on yeah, like, yeah, well, let's just focus on where we agree kind of thing. Yeah, but just I, like leave this over here. It's not really important. Yeah, I think so. And and belief is really high for me. So I want that moral justification i think that's gonna hurt yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna hurt just kind of leaving that to the side it's gonna go come right back over here okay and uh sean yes um i want to comment real quick on um the vicious side and the virtuous side um i'll do the vicious side first and get it over with um the leads to dependence. I need other people to see my outlook on life to acknowledge my own as, as good. I can recognize now as a young person, as a child, um, and then as a young adult, and when I was working, um, where I realized that it, it made me sad or frustrated when other, other people didn't see my outlook as a good thing and so then i would just withdraw or go isolate or just and start thinking i was crazy because i had Mm, all these ideas and the locus of control is 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 in somebody else's hands at that point and even even like your words i felt sad because they didn't agree well they didn't Mm -hmm. they i didn't get affirmed in it i got Mm -hmm. stop talking you have too many ideas that's crazy talk that you mm-hmm. know that kind of that kind it wasn't it wasn't um supportive and right. um so i started you start going with you go well maybe i am crazy why am i having mm. these thoughts and um and then on the virtuous side so let's leave vicious for a moment virtuous side um one of the things that i recognize is that uh where it's literally here recognizes that each person has an essential place in god's plan for whatever reason, I'm sure it shows up somewhere in my thing, in my um, ideation arrangement or something. I quite often have a capacity to notice something in someone. Either it's, to me, it's obvious as they reveal it. It's something they mm-hmm. say. I feed it back to them and they go, oh, how did you know that? Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the listening capacity. And I think it's the value. I think it's the blessing of the connectedness where um, I can say something back to them and I will see their eyes. There's like a switch. It's like, oh my gosh, I never thought of that way. And it's Mm -hmm. like a relief to them. And um, it's beautiful. It's really, it's really lovely. And I just was like the messenger. You know what I mean? Yes. I love seeing I was just doing the delivery, right? Love seeing where everything's getting is, is being seen. And and I gotta, and I gotta kind of put a, Cut you off here. Forgive me, Sean, because I know that I'm about to um, feel some disconnection from my wife if I don't get off the call and get on okay. to a, another interview that we're going to be doing here uh, 30 seconds ago. But kind of wrapping up here, uh, folks, on, on just the mindsets that are behind this. So that virtuous mindset, all right, that leads to that interdependence. I wonder how God's grace might be working here in the individual, in me, in the other person, that unifying grace. Those vicious mindsets I need to protect myself from other people, right? Some way to kind of protect my outlook from other people. And so I'm going to cloister myself, disconnect. Uh, I wonder what they will think of me. Um, that's kind of leading to that dependence, getting very, uh, again, that locus of control 
of whether or not we can accept and see our own outlooks from our connectedness, or is it contingent on somebody else's giving us permission? And then finally, the interdependence, you be you, uh, me be me on this. Um, kind of closing up shop here. I'm going to wrap it up here today. Um, but thanks so much, folks, <laughs> for being on the podcast with, with us. Um, great contributions on this. Awesome connections. Uh, I don't have the next podcast lined up. Actually, I do have it lined up, but I don't remember what it is. But stay tuned. We're going to be getting together again and continue going through all these signature themes. Uh, if you want to join these, make sure you jump into the Metanoia Catholic Academy. We do these every uh, Tuesday right now at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, and we hope this has been a great teaching tool for you. We're learning together in a community. This is just one of the small things that we do inside uh, the Mendenoy Catholic Academy to help people live in their God-given giftedness, uh, choose to live in their strengths, and, uh, and live in stronger relationships with one another in the body of Christ. God bless you all.